Welcome back, bomb-ass mom. So on today's episode, I am happy to introduce our second guest on generational parenting, and it is my bestie, Tammy. So Tammy, I'm glad you're here. Just before we jump into uh, generational parenting, we just want to know a little bit about you. So can you give us some insight uh, and tell us how many children you have? Just introduce yourself. All right. Hey, ladies. Um, As Erica said, I'm Tammy. I'm McEwen. I have two beautiful kids. Jordan is 22. Janae is 27, I want to say. It's when when they get older, you forget their age. Something to look forward to as you get older. Oh, so you still have baby brain? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Baby brain don't go away, especially when it comes to their age. And I am a grandmother as well. So I have a um, a, um, three-year-old grandbaby so i don't say grandmother i'm a i call she calls me g mama because okay. i don't like the, okay. i don't like the grain in it right now so <laughs> i may like yeah, it when you're I, too young for that yeah you know i may like it when i'm in my 60s or 70s but right now just g mama is enough okay, um and i just I, I love being a mom um so it's, it's an unexpected role but it has a lot to offer Okay, so Timmy, how old were you when you had your 26, 27-year-old? I think you you just said 27 I think she's 27. I think she's 27 or 28. She's one of them age. She's 28, I think. I think she's 28, too. Girl, I'm telling you, I forget. I know she was born in 1994. I know that. Um, So she must be, what, 28? Yeah. So I was 20. I hadn't turned 21 and I was a junior at Alcorn State University at the time. So oh, I was in college. Okay. Yep. That's not, okay. So that was a whole That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just let us know that you got pregnant when you were a junior in college. Did you finish college or did you have to transition and kind of take a pause? Like- I had to transition and take a pause. Um, I finished okay. way later in life. Um, I, if it was up to my parents, I would have not took the break and just kept on going. Sometimes I wish I had to follow that advice, but I was a person who wanted to raise her child, not her parents raise her child. It could help, gotcha. but I wanted to pour into my own child's life. And so that's great. I, I thought it was my responsibility to, um, along with her dad, to um, do what we needed to do. He went to the military. He left school, went to the Marines. So he could take help take care of her, and I started working, and then went to school later. Yeah, that's a mature thing to do, and that's a big sacrifice as well, too. But you know, you mentioned that you finished later on in life, and that that's a blessing right there. Yeah, it was a harder road, but it was a road that I probably would wouldn't trade because I learned a lot. I evolved as a mom, and um, my ch- my child grew up knowing that obstacles in life happen, but you can still finish what your what your goals mm-hmm. are. It may not be in your timing. It may be in God's timing. So yes, ma'am. Preach. It's all about the so, Tammy, being able to adjust and pivot. So, Tammy, when you look back, can you just kind of go in a little detail about your experience from, you know, changing your life to, I'm going to put school on pause, I have a new baby. Like, can you tell us some of the obstacles that you had to overcome? Like, what was the most exciting thing about motherhood back then? The most exciting thing about motherhood is just seeing all their first, their first words, their first steps, their first smiles, their first um, 
baths, just all the first that they have was just exciting. Because remember, little people don't know anything. Everything they learn is because someone teaches it, whether it's Nickelodeon, whether it's you, whether it's dad, whether it's school, everything that they learn, someone is teaching them. They come with no knowledge of anything. Um, but they also come with the knowledge of sin. We have to also remember that. Because the Bible says you're born a sinner. So they come with the idea in their mind, no, stop, move. But when they learn the words, that's where the activity happens with those words. So our, we're already born to know, to do all the things that we know we should not do. So that's why parenting is so important to do the things that we teach them to do the right way. Because, you know, they, they learn the bad stuff easy, quick, fast, so and hurry. So, so that's why Trey Trey is telling me no and then moving uh-huh. my hand. <laughs> uh-huh. They learn all the bad stuff quick. But as parents, just to teach them the right way and the and all the things that we know that are right and that we the way we were raised. Some of the things I took from my parents and some things I didn't take from my parents. But it was just exciting letting them learn new things. And obstacles, I was a single parent, so that was an obstacle of itself. Just me um, going along. Even though my daughter's father was in her life, we weren't married. So he was in a whole other state, sometimes in a whole other country because he was in the Marines. So just being alone was hard. You know, having the, the moments where you wanted to have someone to just put, take the baby and sit them in their arms and walk away. Yeah, well, I have one of those moments a lot. Okay, go back to you wanted to raise your child, like you want to be the primary parent instead of having your parents raise your child themselves. So what are some things that made you a great parent? Did you take any parenting skills from your parents or how did you know that you were doing a great job? Um, you just know you're doing a good job by, by your child's happiness. Every All of it is different. Every Every kid is different. Every situation is different. Sometimes your values are your foundation. My parents had great values. Like they were, they were, they were believers. And that was something that was important for me, for my kids to be raised in church. And um, they were believers. So I did take that from them. They were um, just being, always had, we, we never wanted for anything. And if we did, we didn't know that it was an issue. We never knew money was an issue. I didn't want that for my kids. I never wanted them to worry about anything financial, any roof over their head, lights on, food. I never wanted those to be a worry of a kid. I don't think kids should have to worry about that. I think we should be honest with them when we can't afford something that they want. But as far as the essentials of life, they shouldn't have to worry about that. And that's what I took from my parents and just being um, always there. I can never remember my parents not being at my basketball games, not being at my, and I went to my brother, my brother, I have two brothers and I got sick of going to all the sports they were in. They were in everything. I played basketball and I cheered, but just those things. And family vacation was important to my parents. And so um, it was important to me to take my kids somewhere to be with them. And now they're grown, we don't do that. But when they were little, we went, I think I'd been to every water park. <laughs> That was, and I didn't really, that ain't my thing, but that's what they like. So just being able to do what my parents did as far as keeping us close to them and letting them know that family is important, that's one of the top values. I I love family. And no, mm-hmm. I, I have friends like like Erica, like who's become my family. Turning your family's become my family. Um, just Mima told me a long time ago, 
we your family. If you don't have no nobody else in Memphis, you know us. You are always welcome. And that's just like what my parents did with people and still do. And I just took that and I also instilled it in my children. I think that's amazing, Tammy. I'm over here getting emotional because I just listen to you and listen to like your values of family. And I'm not saying that. So my background was completely different. And just listening to that, it makes me want to have that for my son and for me today. But family is important. And I almost in the past, I used to like envy when people had closeness with their families, you know, because I didn't have that. But now that, you know, I'm older and I'm raising my son who's nine, I'm just trying to build on that. But that's that's amazing that, you know, you took that from your parents and your parents instilled that in you and you, you know, were there. Presence presence is very important to a child. Ch- children remember those things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. That's amazing. And you, and you have to also remember, Ashley, that family doesn't always mean blood. That's why God That's gifted true. us with great friends, great community. Your tribe may not be your blood, but they're still your tribe, and they, they become like family. Yep. That's true. I'm seeing that now more in my adulthood. And now that I have a child and I'm a single parent and trying to build my village. And yeah, so that's true. So, Tammy, I wanted you to, since we are talking about the generational parenting, so I wanted you to give us a little insight of how your parents raised you versus to how you raised your children or how you raised your children because they're grown now. So there's a difference. (laughs) (laughs) My parents, um, like I said, they were great. They were great parents. They made mistakes. We all do because there's no... There's a lot of books on parenting, but re- the reality is every household is different. So I grew up in a household with a mother and a father who just worked. My mom worked for the United States Corps of Engineers forever, and then she retired. My dad worked for AT&T, and he retired. And then when, once he retired, he decided he wanted to run for office. And so he won House Representative in our district where I'm from in Vicksburg, Mississippi. So now he's a congressman. So um, just their, their discipline was just, is a little different from mine being a parent. I was like, a, I mean, I was disciplined as far as disciplining my children, but just discipline in my life was different. Um, once they saw a goal, they went toward it. And a lot of times their era of growing up, their mom's just like, Hey, we're going to do this. And my dad did it. My dad was, my, my grandmother said my dad was the most obedient child she'd ever had. She has four kids. She said, "My dad's gonna be the one that does what he, what he, what you tell him." My uncle Peter's gonna say, "Yeah, I'll do it, but won't do it." And my aunt Pam is just gonna have a thousand questions. And my uncle Fred ain't even gonna be there to even for her to even tell. So, I have in raising my kids, I wanted them to um, see the reality one of parenting. My daughter now sees the what I was talking about. And raised by my um, grandbaby. My parents, they hid a lot of stuff from us. Like, they just didn't allow us to see certain things growing up. Like, we didn't see... But my, my grandmother was a, cuss, a cursor, my mom's mom. She cursed all the time. Whenever she would start cursing, my daddy would make us leave. Like, we would have to literally leave my grandmother's house. Because she would start, like, going off. And so, we're like, well, you know... That's <laughs> like, what, y'all ain't going to curse. Right, wait, right, so... I didn't raise my kids like that. If someone started cursing or whatever, they knew we didn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. So in that sense. But as far as, like, my dad was a 
very strong and strict disciplinarian. We got whoopings. We, me and my brothers got whoopings. Kids today, I don't think they get whoopings. They don't look like they do. No, they don't. Um, and I discipline my kids. I've spanked both of them, Jordan and Janae. But not as many whoopings as I received, probably. But if they did something wrong, if they did something worthy of a whooping, I did. Um, I didn't believe in timeout. Must timeout. Just go to your room <laughs> where all your devices are. So I just didn't believe it. I don't, I'm not a timeout person. I did take things away from them. My parents took things away from us. So I took things away from them when they acted up. But as far as, uh, and my mom was the kind of mom that we ate a meal as a family every day. We said that. If my dad wasn't home from work, his food was wrapped up and put on the stove or in the microwave when microwaves came out. Because y'all, I, I remember when microwaves came out. When y'all was born, they were out. <laughs> So, because I'm 50 years old, so we sat down and ate as a family, and there weren't cell phones, so we had to talk. And when I raised my kids, we didn't do that. I was like, Jordan, like, Mama, going to my room. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I, I did make it a point on Sundays, I wanted to have the conversations with them. Mm-hmm. So we would sit down as a family on Sundays and talk. Just let's talk. Let's catch up. What's going on in your world? What's going on with school? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So I think that I, I like the fact that my parents did that. But me and my brother would be so bored most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we would just be bored, you know, just talking to them, answering their questions. But um, we learned some things about them talking and they learned some things about us. But most of the time we were like, can we just get up and go? We're done. So our parenting styles were a little different. But I appreciate how I was raised because it helped me to see either what I wasn't going to do with my child mm-hmm. or was I, what I wanted to do with my child. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, and, that, and that, that helped, like, like Asha was saying, she didn't have the close family, mm-hmm. but now she knows that's what she wants for her son though. Mm-hmm. So if she hadn't had it, she probably would be, wouldn't respect it as much or vice versa or really would want it. Yeah. Um, so I understand that, but it wasn't, it wasn't that much difference in, in the raising um, what happens is the world changes when our kids, when we have our kids. I do it's agree not, with you. It's not so much as the parenting that changes. The world is changing. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, you have to be more cognizant of what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. what your children are going to see, what they're going to hear. Um, I always revert back to my friend. I have a friend, Gina, who has three kids. Noah's a teenager, and Lukey is um, in sixth grade, and Lily Grace is five. And when she has all this parental control over all their devices, like over their cell, oh, and they don't even have cell phone. Noah got the thing that just—it's like the iPhone, but it's not a phone. It's not a phone. Mm-hmm. He has that, and the kids have their iPads, but they all have all these parental controls. The TV has codes. I don't want. I'm glad I ain't had to come up in the air. I would have forgot all that. Yeah, they've been, they been watching what they want to watch. And it's, it's funny that you say that, Tammy, because my sister mentioned to me that you can put uh, parental control on devices and stuff like that. You know me, I'm like, what? Like, how you do that? <laughs> you know, just like lost, lost. But I, you know, for me, I'm just like, hey, I ain't got time to go through all that. I mean, you know. We can try to protect our children as much as possible, but at the end of the day, you know, what they see when they are out and not around us is like, you know, that's something that they got to be exposed to. Because, I mean, we were exposed to certain things, so. Right. It's true, but let me tell y'all something. (laughs) This is quite funny. When my brother and the twins, I think my brother was around 
Uh, maybe like 12. So the twins had to be, no, they were a little bit older. But anyway, they spent the night over my cousin's house. And this is one reason why I do believe you have to have some type of parental controls on like devices for young children, because I don't think they were like older teenagers. They were like just becoming teenagers and they ordered porn on their TV <laughs> and they knew better. Not you know, the porn TV. Like like, I promise. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. My aunt called my grandma and was like, Georgia, you know what these boys did? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why would y'all do that? Y'all know y'all was going to get caught. Yeah, that's just boys but getting curious. Like stuff- <laughs> it happens. Yes, but it's stuff like that. No, you can't shelter your child from everything. Mm-hmm. But let's try to limit certain things. I feel like thirteen, fourteen—that's a little early to be, you know, exposing your child to porn. Back then, you know, when Marcus and them and your cousins—they uh, were teenagers. You know, we got to think about technology is different from back then to now. They probably couldn't put all those parental controls, or probably didn't know how to do that back then. So. <laughs> Somebody putting the lockdown on the TV, man. Nah, I don't even know if you can even probably still uh, order this stuff. I don't know if you could order, but because you know, know they had pay per view and all that. Now, now back this then stuff. they had book, they had magazines too. So oh, they had you kids nowadays. They ain't magazine. Yeah, this was probably early two thousands oh, when yeah, they, they did the pay per view and stuff. Yeah, they were bad as hell, y'all. So just <laughs> remember, remember you have you just gonna have another one. So you have two. When you have two, that's when they really become somebody to scheme with. Well, <laughs> you know what? Girl, so hopefully, you you right about that because you know what? Her children are definitely close in age. <laughs> Think about how y'all used to scheme with y'all friends. <laughs> well, oh, well, yeah, uh-huh. you and Christina and all them, yeah, oh, yeah you right. Just think about how we used to scheme with our friends. Well, you already know it's coming. There's nothing new under the sun. Tammy, I think you said that your youngest was 22 mm-hmm. and your oldest is 28. So that's a six-year age gap. So were there any differences in how you parented them and their different genders? Like my daughter now that she's older, we're like, you know, best friends. Like she, she's still my daughter. She still respects me as her mother, but she tells me a lot more than she than she's old. She shares a lot more with me. Um, so parenting them, girls is a different. I mean, we're just different beings than boys. Boys are so easy. They're just so easy. Girls aren't not easy. They want a little why behind everything. I can tell Jordan, hey, we gonna go do this. He was like, okay, my daughter, why we gotta do that? Why can't we do this? Why? Because we just different beings as women and so we, it is a difference in parents and them and sometimes you're gonna like one and not like the other <laughs> don't mean you don't love them you just ain't gonna <laughs> like them at that time so it's just like with anybody else so, so basically you saying tyranny has a lot to look forward to <laughs> <laughs> right you have a lot to look forward to Eric, you ain't not look you got two boys and it's go it's different with them because their ages are so far yes apart. but tammy you said boys are easier Mine is easy. Mine is really but Trey, I think that's uh, going to be the person that is going to definitely give me and his dad 
uh, around for our money. I can and you have to remember, it's not so much, I keep going back to the kids. Y'all keep going back to the kids being different. It's not so much the kids. It's the world the kids live in that's different. The world is not the same Hello. today as it was when Maine was born 16 years ago. So Trey is exposed to so much more than Maine was ever exposed to when he was born at 16. Trey got toys that didn't even exist when Maine was born. So you just, it's, the world around us is just evolving and it's evolving at a fast pace that we have to know how to parent our, our kids within the world they live in because it's different. It's just different. Our kids' world is different from kids who live in the hood. It's a different world. Whole different yeah, world. That's true. So we have we were parenting our kids based on what the world is doing and our values that we have at ourselves. That's what I have to always remind my daughter of with my grandbaby because she my grandbaby's a little sassy and don't even know how to say words all completely, but just sassy. <laughs> And I, I have to tell my daughter, remind her, she's living in a world where that's what she's seeing all the time. She's seeing uh, kids be sassy. She goes to daycare. She sees that. So you have to let her know that that's not tolerated in your house. you know. But you don't want to also quench a lot of the things our kids have that get on our nerves. As parents, y'all have to remember, too, don't quench those things. Um, Maine loves video games. That gets on Erica's nerves that he want to be in the room just playing video games. He may be a multi millionaire one day because he may see do something invent his own video game. So we can, That's funny because somebody said that about my son. Yeah, you can't quench the things like, that they love. You can't quench the things. Yeah. Um, Heinz Community College here in uh, in Raymond, Mississippi is building a whole EA Sports to do all the video games. They gave them almost a billion dollars. They built a whole complex on that campus that's going to open this fall wow. for gamers just to learn and to do and you create one thing in the game that's different they pay you millions of dollars so we can't quench. Wow. I my daughter, don't quench her sassiness it's people on tv get paid to be sassy mm-hmm. you know yeah look Andrew, look up that college i ain't even know about right. <laughs> i ain't even know about Tammy, look at you giving yeah. us something to think about look i would have never been like you know because i'd be fussing i'm like Right. Game, you know. I mean, it's something to think about. It's something to think about, but I'm still not letting my kids stay on the video game all day. Listen, out of a 24-hour day, you got four hours. Go read a book. Go, no, go write I a think, short story. We're not staying on this yeah. game all day. And I, agree. I don't think that to be great. Yeah. To be great, the kid, yeah, you're right, and They shouldn't stay on all day. You should definitely, or we should definitely limit their you know, um, screen time or electronic time or whatever. But like, I think what Tammy was trying to say is not completely taking it away because they could be good at it. They could, that could be their little niche when they grow up. Right. So, yeah. And you, you said something Tammy earlier where you said you and your daughter are now best friends. I read something today actually where it was saying we shouldn't be best friends with children, like our children, like when they're like five, six, seven, eight. But as we grow and get older and their mindset changes, like you can become your child's best friend because they're grown and they're under and they understand it because me and my mom now we are best friends in high school I didn't know who that woman was I'm just kidding no I just didn't I just did not agree on certain things but now we're like the best of friends so that's amazing too that y'all got that best friend relationship and she opens up and tell you and stuff she still get mad and it's like well mama I'm just gonna let you go and I was like all right 
she gonna call back in a couple of days for something. <laughs> so I don't even be worried about it no more. You was like, be like, well, Parker, let's just stop. Wait a minute, let's talk. Let me just tell you. She's like, no, mama, I'm just gonna let you go. And that's her way of letting me go for she said she don't want to be disrespectful. And I get it. That's fine. Let me go. I don't be too worried about it no more. She called back in a couple of days, like ain't nothing happened. Because um, I mm-hmm. tell her when she's wrong. And that's what you, our kids, as you'll see as your kids get older, that it's, my, and I always revert back to either Gina or Erica because that's the only parents, parent, people that I've seen parent their kids. And I had to get used to the way my friend Gina parent her kids because I would keep them. When they were her and her husband go out of town, I would keep them. And like she explains the why behind stuff. Like I wasn't raised to do ask me, well, why? Because I said so was the answer. When you didn't say you and didn't ask why, but she parent her kids different. And what I found is when you when you do give kids an explanation and they do they if they understand it and they just go on. But if you don't, mm-hmm. if you if you're fighting with them, why you gotta ask me why? And you just tell them, then they done with it. They're like, oh, okay, because they have a different way of processing. And school has done that to our children. I her son had long division. They don't do it like we did it in school. Girl, I sent him to school with a long division and the teacher called. <laughs> uh, helped you with this work. Yes. He told her, he told him, he said, he said, our auntie is at our house. Our mom's best and she's at our house. And um, the teacher said, this is not the way we do. The answers was right, though. But they do it a whole nother way. And he didn't know the way I knew it. The way I did, I said, no, we're going to do it the way I know how to do it. And he did it my way, but the teacher called. So the world teaches them the why behind things. So when they come home to us and ask us why, it's because they they being taught that in school. They're being taught that at church. We always say you can't question God. Yes, you can. He our father. You can ask him why. So if you can ask God why, why can't you ask your parents why? No. That's true. Like so what you're saying in today's society, it's okay for the kids to ask ask why so they can better understand. Exactly. Yes. And then they then they understand your values and your morals. I, my son is 22, yeah. and he lives with me. My daughter lives in Montgomery. She has her own house and everything in Montgomery. My son lives with me. And it, me and Jordan have a rule that it's, it was so easy. We I saw us not seeing each other. Like, he would go to work. I would go to work. He would come home. I would come home. We ain't, I ain't even, the only way I knew he was alive because I would hear the music or hear his game. So I had we had to set out some rules for now you're an adult. But we have to have some rules um, for the house. Like, hey, you can't just write on the refrigerator no more. We out of milk. Because you work. Go buy the milk. <laughs> you know, I, you can buy milk. We had to have, we need to see each other, talk to each other every day. It, we need to, we, I need to see you or hear my voice or you need to hear something every day. And as long as you're in my house, you go to church on Sunday. When you get on your own, in your own house, you don't have to, but when you in this house, we going to church on Sunday. And, that, and, and he, I don't have to worry about them coming. He's never disrespected my house. I came in one, two o'clock in the morning, except for my I had my birthday party. But on his own, he ain't never done that. I may come home to a room full of boys in the den playing video games. They have ready ate all my food, but I'd rather them be at my house and I know they're safe than to be out. Mm-hmm. So when your kids become adults, you're gonna have a whole nother way of parenting them. And he he can't live on his own. He's twenty two, trying to go to school and work. What can he afford to live? 
People are like, you didn't kick your son. I'm not kicking my son out. He in a whole other part of the house. He don't give me no problems. Why would I do that? And he paid the internet bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, baby. That's good. You're teaching him. That's right. He paid the internet bill, baby. Take a bill, baby. When you he, work. he pay his own car insurance now, and I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> Shoot. Well, that's good. You're teaching him some responsibility for when he is older and more independent. But it started when, like, your your baby age, Tyranny. Clean up, clean up. Everybody do their share. That's teaching him responsibility. They need to clean up their own mess. And not only they go, they don't learn to clean up the mess in their rooms, they learn to clean up the mess in their lives. See, it goes along. It's not just for a nurse around to keep your living room straight. That's going to follow, that concept going to follow them. Every time I make a mistake, it's on me as a man. It's on me. I got to straighten it up. It's on me. So all those little nursery rhymes and stuff, that all goes a long way with your kids. Because he's not only going to think about that when he go to college. He's going to hear you singing, clean up, clean up. He's going to hear all that. My son, when he was in college, when he was on campus, he would be like, my my roommate is a slob. I can't stand it. I said, well, Jordan, you ain't the cleanest person. He said, but I ain't no slob. You know, because he wasn't raised like that. So just know everything you're pouring into your kids now, is, is they gonna, they're not going to forget it. They're not going to forget anything you say, so whether it's good or whether it's bad. Mm-hmm. That's true. I still saying that clean up, clean up, and you're sound way younger. That's than right. Me. Make them, and, and so we, if, and that's why you know you can't not, you can't allow them to do. You do everything for them. They have to do some things on their own. And Tristan is the perfect age to pick up his own toys, and put them in a toy box. Yeah, we we struggling with that one because every time. We- <laughs> Listen, every time we put him in there he want to take him out take him out and i say no put it in the box yeah it's we struggling yeah he, i mean he gonna get that you just gotta keep, keep making him put him in there after why he gonna say i'm tired of taking these toys out i'm the one gotta put them back in he gonna realize it's, it's, it's just a learning process it's a learning process. when it comes to toys he's like that but if i say hey pick that up and put it in the garbage he'll do it like it's really good he's good with picking stuff up and putting it in the garbage but putting his toys up it's a struggle every night every day um Tammy I did have a question um have you noticed um any parenting styles that were different between uh you and your daughter um yeah some things I'm like, why is you letting Cam do that? Because like Cam, literally, my daughter, my grandbaby's name is Cameron, and we call her Cam. I bet you right now my daughter's living room is an absolute look like a tornado went through it. And Cam gonna go. And she she's on a schedule, so by seven thirty, Cam has had her bath, and by eight between eight and eight thirty, she's in the bed, and she sleep like she gone. Um, so my, but my daughter. Then turns around and cleans up all the toys. I'm like, girl, uh-uh. She should do that before she get her bath. Because she's not going to understand the concept of I have to keep my room clean. I have to keep the front room clean. I have to keep my life clean. I have to clean up my mess as I make them. She's not going to understand that because my daughter just keep, you know, just, mama, she, I'm, she too little for that. No, she not. She can walk and she can say, stop it. She can do it. 
She can do it. So when I'm there, I, I tell her, uh-uh, come on, Cam, let's get this stuff up. And she get it up, put it up, and she good. You know, she don't go back and get it out. Um, that's about the only thing. She's very, she's a more lenient parent than I was with uh, Cam. But she's strict on her about um, educational things. Like, my grandmother three, she know all her ABCs, all her colors, all her numbers. You know, she, because my daughter was reading at the age of five. And I wasn't strict on her with education. It was just, she was just gifted. Um, but mm-hmm. my, but she's so strict on my grandmother with the educational piece because that's what she feels that uh, will make her sore is if she, she's really smart. Because um, my daughter got a scholarship to Tuskegee because she was smart. So that's what she bases, that's what she focuses on. And, and her, her uh, boyfriend who is Cam's father, he's the opposite. He focused on um just I think she should have fun. She's a like she a kid, a kid should have fun. So it's a healthy balance with them. But if he wasn't there, I don't know. I'd probably have to go get my grandbaby. Because <laughs> I just feel like you need to I mean you you could focus on education, but I just feel like kids um just they do their best. Everybody's best not gonna be an A. Everybody's best not going to be a B. But your best can be better than a D and an F. Hell, I can go sit in class now and get a D and an F and don't know nothing they're talking about. So if you apply yourself and you still get a C, B, or A, and that's your best at the time, then I think that should be good. I remember the first time my daughter made a B, we, I, you, we thought we had to take her to therapy because that's just where she was. She was just a gifted kid. We didn't ever have to talk, get on Janae about no homework. She loved pencils and pens, and she would always, we had to go buy expensive, like she wanted expensive pencils and pens and stuff like that. She kept modeling neat, and, I mean, her room was immaculate. So, but my grandbaby, she just focused on the educational piece. So that's one thing that I really would not, um, I don't like, but you know, I keep telling her she has to have more. Because if you, if she focused on that and, you know, she failed, then kids need to know how failure feel now so when they when they do fail when they're older it won't be such a surprise like i don't agree with this now this new thing give everybody a trophy everybody don't deserve no trophy on the team everybody don't deserve no trophy but that's the new parenting thing that or in the, the way society views it that all we don't want the kids to feel bad they ain't gonna feel bad because they ain't they ain't get a trophy the trophies will give give out to certain certain people not to everybody but that's the way it is now. Kids, everybody gets a trophy. And then when I was coming up, we didn't. We had suicide like we have now. We didn't hear it, hear about it as prevalent as we do now. And we have the same news that's going on. But when we were raised, where everybody didn't get no trophy. Now they don't want to get. They want to give everybody a trophy, so they won't have no because of mental illness and kids getting depressed and feeling bad. And I think we, as society and as parents, we just into all that like I do think mental illness exists but a lot of it is caused by environment it's caused by environment yeah the world is so different than it was back then I was just having a conversation with Chris and he was like well I got a question for you what do you do and this is very controversial y'all what do you do if when Tristan is in school 
and the teacher calls and say hey Tristan got in trouble today because he was disrespectful to another student the student is a boy but they identify as a girl and Tristan said hey you're a boy because you look like a boy and I told him I said well first I'm going to talk to the teacher and tell the teacher hey Don't say that my son is being disrespectful because he's taught a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. But I will have a conversation with him about how the world has changed to, you know, people may identify with something different than what they were born as. And you just have to go along with it, even though you're taught something different. And I was like, that is a hard discussion. One to have with a child that doesn't understand, like when children are that young, five and six and, you know, in the elementary, they only know like what they're taught. Like you're a boy and that's a girl. They only have two options. They don't have that mindset to be like, oh, well, Johnny looks like Jenny. So should I call him a girl or a boy? But I know Johnny is a boy. Tierney, I'm glad you brought up this topic because actually it is a hard topic to talk to with your children or your child until they face it. Andrew faced this one thing. And of course he had questions because you're right. We teach them that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. So when I was faced with the conversation or Andrew asking questions, You know, I had to explain to him because he was exposed to it earlier than what I wanted. Right. But in today's society, people are, you know, even children doing doing things that we didn't see growing up. So I had to have a conversation with him and to let him know, don't necessarily be disrespectful to the child because that's what they're going through. That's what they're identifying as. But some stuff that come up when Tristan is exposed to it before you want him to be exposed to it it's gonna be a hard conversation because of things that they're taught you know what normal is i just think that um but i mean is it really disrespect if they're not intentionally doing it like they don't understand and i don't know i'm not saying that i'm saying once you've had that conversation right once you've had that conversation no i don't think it's disrespectful when they don't know but when you've educated your child or told your child about it and then they still pick on the child or do whatever then it is to me well picking on someone yeah that is different i've had um janae wasn't too much too hard to have the conversation with girls are just easier when it comes to um people the lbgtq a plus community she's she's just different my son was it was different for my son um the conversation was i wouldn't say it was a hard conversation and it may be because i've always had people in my life who um are homosexual so it wasn't a difficult conversation to have he was always around people early on i told because i had family members that was like you can't have him around it that's gonna no homosexuals are not pedophiles it's two different things they're most most of the time they're homosexual because of pedophiles, because someone has done something to them in their families and it just messed all that up. But I had to have a conversation with him as far as, hey, this is my friend. And he identifies as a boy. You may see him dressed up as a woman sometimes. You may see, I said, but this is 
And when it boils down to it, the bottom line is love. I love him as my friend. And he has always been okay with knowing um, this is my mama's friend. This is how he is. It doesn't mean it's right as far as the morals that we identify with. He Jordan knows he know he knew my beliefs as a believer. I knew, he knows that I don't believe homosexuality. I think is a sin. He knows that that doesn't stop you from loving the person. And so that's what I that's what I went to him from the biblical standpoint because that's what we talk about in my house is the Bible. So I went to him from that from that aspect and it's like this is my friend. I, they when you cut them they bleed just like you bleed. You know they hurt just like you hurt. Um, that's a lifestyle. My lifestyle ain't all that great either. So I can't judge the lifestyle. I can say I don't agree with it. That doesn't mean that I don't love them. And so that's the conversation he and I had about it. And when we had, and it was probably way before I wanted to have the conversation as well. But hell, the cartoons have it on there now. So y'all conversations gonna have to be way quicker. I think so too. I think that conversations when it comes to different different or difficult topics are going to have to be um, sooner. Exposing Andrew to racism. Like mm-hmm. he encountered, he saw it on TV and I was like, oh crap, here we go. We got to have this conversation because he's going to ask, right? <laughs> he's going to ask the whole, the little boy that was dressed like a girl, like certain things he's exposed to it. And I'm just like, oh crap, what do I say? So I just try to will it in and not lie to him i don't lie to him we we just have the conversation right. um but now my son yeah. was two when 9 11 happened i was on my way to school because i had gotten back in school he was two years old i had dropped him off headed to school when i got to school it was a steal i've never seen campus just steal and i was in memphis and i was like what where is everybody why you know nobody was walking it was just steal and i walked in the building i saw the tvs and and what was going on in New York at the time and in, in D.C. And he was two. So I think he had to be in like 11 or 12 when he came to me and said, why didn't I know about 9-11? And why did they do that to us? And why? And he just had a lot of questions because we had military people in our family. So this was really like he was like, well, is, is um, cousin uh, Roshan safe? Is my uncle safe? You know, because he we 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 have a military people in our family, so he had a lot of questions behind that. So a lot of things that you're gonna have to explain to them. Not only that, it's the world we live in. It's just so much they're gonna be exposed to. Just prepare yourself and be ready. I wasn't. I'm not surprised anymore about what kids ask because of the world. And as parents, you have to get yourself equipped to be able to answer those hard questions. Have to get yourself equipped for your kids coming saying, Mom, somebody called me a nigga. Because it may happen. And you're going to get mad. You're going to be like, They called you what? Who? How they look? And it may have been one of, it may have been a black person that said it, but it was offensive to your to your, to your your child um, that someone called them that. So it's just a whole lot that you just have to be prepared for. And there's no book for it. All these preparing the books, there ain't no book for that. You just got to be, got to know that always go back to your foundation of what you believe to pour into your kid when you're answering those questions. That's what it boils down to. Whatever your foundation is in your home, um, I'm a believer. So I go always revert back. And my son and my daughter know now, they be like, oh, mama, everything. And yes, everything is in the Bible. 
everything under the sun that has ever happened is in the Bible. Everything, there's none new. The um the the men was trying to sleep with the angels, the heavenly host in Sodom and Gomorrah. Nothing's new. It's always something. I'm telling y'all, it's everything that we go through now, it's already been done. It just was done much later time. And so, but we just need to have that whatever foundation we're gonna go on, we need to have it for our kids and be able to tell them, express to them our values in our answers so that it'll always revert back to whatever you believe well we've been talking for some time and tammy uh we're gonna close out the show is there any advice that you would like to give us younger moms about your parenting styles or anything we can do better mm-hmm. or just add to our parenting styles trust your kids trust that what you put in them that they're going to regurgitate back up trust it because you've taken the time to pour into them at the ages of one, two, three, newborn, my son, 22, my daughter, 28. And it doesn't end. We, I still call my mom to this day and ask her, well, what should I do about this? What, what This happened or whatever. So just trust them that what you put in them is going to come up. You, you, you're, plant, you're planting in good ground and you're going to reap the benefits of the harvest. Is there going to be great kids. I always tell people all the time, they'll ask me, how is Erica your bestie? And you 50 and how old are you, Erica? 31. 31. I said, you know what? First of all, she's very mature and she's one of the best young parents I've ever seen in my life. So I knew we were going to be fine when I watched her parent, Maine, and we talked. So just trust mm-hmm. them. They, 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 they are some bold, beautiful and Ashley, I don't know your kids, but I feel like I, your, your son, but I feel like I do. They some bold, beautiful young men. Bold, beautiful young men. So respectful. Even Tristan, he, you know, he might not mess with you when he first meets you. Then he grow, you, you grow on him. He went through my whole wallet. Just, <laughs> just. Hey, but he didn't steal he any didn't money steal though. Nothing. That's how I knew he came from good stock. <laughs> Trust them. Trust them to make good decisions. They gonna mess up. And when they do mess up, sometimes you have to allow them to feel they mess up. Just let them feel it for a minute and then rescue them. As moms, we want to rescue the boys so quickly. We can't rescue them too quick because they're going to be men. They're going to be somebody's husband, somebody's father. So we have to trust and believe in them because they, they're going to be the men that we, that we want them to be. Just believe in them throughout it all. Tammy, this has been... An awesome conversation on generational parenting, having you as a guest on the Bomb Ass Moms podcast, sharing your experience and how you parent and how your parents raised you. You've given some great advice to our listeners out there. And so we really appreciate you joining our podcast and having a conversation with us. And yeah, we just want to thank you. Y'all are more than welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. I think I'm going to have to tune in to y'all's podcast. Yes, ma'am. Like it, share, subscribe, do all that good old stuff. Y'all keep being bomb-ass moms, okay?